0: Dread is finally here. You've heard me talk about it for so long, it feels absolutely surreal to say. Whether this is your first ever Metroid game, or you're a veteran of the series over the last 35 years, the Omega Metroid podcast is the place for you. Hosted by myself, Andy Spiteri, and Dakota Lasky, Omega Metroid offers definitive rankings, theories and speculations, analysis of games inspired by Metroid, detailed area discussion, and so much more. We invite all Metroid fans, new and old, To take your love of Metroid to the next level with the Omega Metroid Podcast. The best and only weekly Metroid podcast on the internet. The Omega Metroid Podcast releases every Tuesday and is available wherever you get your podcasts. We hope to see you there. See you next mission. Welcome to the Champions Cast here on zeldadungeon.net. My name is Andy Spiteri, joined by Allison Aletha. Al, I heard that you're under the weather, but you're trooping it out. You're still here. How you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Yes, I'm, I'm not feeling too good this weekend. Thankfully, it's not anything super serious. It just, it's probably stress or something just catching up with me. It's that time of the year where... You know everything went crazy for fiscal year and stuff, and then and now I'm just like feeling it for some reason. But I'm here, I'm ready to talk about this DLC and get some Zelda chat in in a good Zelda chat sesh with my pal here.
0: That's right. Uh, of course, we are going to be talking all about the second wave of DLC for Hyrule Warriors. Age of Calamity, it's called Guardian of Remembrance, but before we get there, uh, I have some things that I want to talk about. First and foremost, I know that I plugged it a few weeks ago, but I'm going to plug it again. Uh, yesterday, yesterday morning, it was a nice Saturday morning, my friend Gooey Fame and I, a Virtual Theater Fame, Virtual Theater is of course a podcast about video game movies and stories that shape them, we spent about five hours recording Content for our Patreon and for our, oh. our regular uh, feed as well. So we did an episode about Blood Rain, which is one of the it, it's a it's a really bad video game movie. It's exactly the type of video game movie that people think video game movies are that don't know. Um, <laughs> so we did that. We did two episodes of Captain N, which I just like. The more I watch that, the more mind-blowing that Captain N is. So, if nothing else, if you don't want to give us a few bucks for Patreon, I encourage everybody listening to just go and watch a singular episode of Captain N, because it is far out. It's so wild that it's it's almost unfathomable that this show ever got made, uh, with Nintendo's consent and permission. So, it, it is super, super, just buck wild. Um, and the last thing that we recorded yesterday, we recorded an entire bonus album on the new Limp Biscuit record. Allison, have you heard the new Limp Biscuit record?
1: I haven't actually, but I I have interest. I just haven't had the time to listen to it yet. So how what how is it? You All right. know, just a sneak peek of what you've guys recorded.
0: Let me let me just spoil something about the new Limp Biscuit record. If you are on the fence about the new Limp Biscuit record. And you're wondering, is this new Limp Biscuit record worth buying? Let me tell you something. This new Limp Biscuit record rocks. It's so good. It's so good. And perhaps you have to be of a certain age to really fully appreciate it. But luckily, I think that uh, I, for sure, maybe you as well, fall into that certain age. Um, but it's actually also unironically good as well. There's some bangers in there. So. We we recorded a show about the new Limp Biscuit record that was longer than the new Limp Biscuit record. So uh, <laughs> this is Virtual Theater Patreon, and I encourage everybody to go and check it out.
1: Very nice.
0: Well, speaking of uh, audience participation here, uh, we have a special gimmick going on for next week's show where you can be a part of the action. Usually we do Q&As, but we're actually dusting off a really, really old uh, Champions Cast fan interaction gimmick here. I can't even remember the last time we did it. I think it was more than 100 episodes ago, but we are going to be playing a game of Zelda-themed Would You Rather. So, as the premise uh, goes, you, you submit a question and you say, would you rather this or that? And uh, we're going to answer that. So, you can uh, you can participate over on Facebook, you can participate over in Discord. I will uh, I will make a tweet that is uh, a call to action for some Zelda would you rathers as well, but uh, we're looking forward to everybody's questions and I think it's going to be a fun time. We haven't had one of these in forever, so I'm looking forward to it. I always love handing the keys to the show over to our listeners as well.
1: I do too, especially during this time where we're just like we have like zero news, zero anything for Zelda right now So it's just dry out there Ideas are scarce So it's really fun when we get to interact with You know, the listeners a little bit more And play these fun games Or answer awesome questions
0: Yeah, and we are going to kick off 2022, by the way With a a retrospective of a Zelda game That we have never talked about here on this show So that is that is going to be fun But uh, yeah, we're, we're going to slog through the rest of the year here And uh, try and think of stuff <laughs> to talk about um hopefully, you know, we got the game awards coming up in uh looking at my calendar, I think it, almost exactly like a, a month. month's time. Yeah. You never know. I mean, we've been burned before, disappointed before, but uh <laughs> maybe there could maybe. be something.
1: I mean, uh, <laughs> they said they said they they would still give us news this year and I haven't seen Zippo, so
0: Did I just see guess- a Zelda themed ringtone in the background there? <laughs> the Sheikah Slate? Is that is it's- that what I heard?
1: <laughs> it's it's uh Stardew Valley, actually.
0: Oh, okay. I was close.
1: Wow, so unprofessional here on the Champions cast. You can yeah, hear okay. my ringtone and everything.
0: Well, just... Oh, wait for it. You just heard my cat jump on my uh, my <laughs> desk right there. Wow, so we're was, a mess. That was good timing, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> uh, well, you can tell that we're stalling today because uh, the topic at hand is Age of Calamity, <laughs> Guardian of Remembrance. And uh, I don't know. Let's just get into it, Al. Let's just get into it. So I, I have a question for you before we get going, and I, I think that it's important to ask this question and determine exactly what we were looking for out of this out of this DLC. So my I, I guess my question to you is like, what was your best case expectations your Worst case expectations and what you realistically thought that we were going to get from this DLC.
1: Ooh, that's kind of hard because I mean, I feel like we got almost close to zero information about this. They gave us that little card forever ago that kind of gave a snippet of general information and then we kinda saw a couple things at that um event like I don't know, a few weeks ago. I forget what it's called. Um but other than that, it was, like, zero news about anything. Because, bef- like, last year <clears> at the at this time, they were giving us stuff weekly about, like, what we should expect from Age of Calamity. But they didn't do any of that for this. So I had a hard time actually picturing what the heck we were going to get. From my understanding, we were going to get, like, new attacks, maybe some new cut scenes, um, new areas, and two new characters. That's, like, the the general gist. So that's what I was expecting to get um realistically I've, I and we talked about this before on the show I figured we were going to get Perron Robbie which obviously which became apparent but then there was a secret uh somewhat secret quote unquote but
0: by, by the way let's let's just say right now we're going to yeah, spoil spoilers. we're going to spoil everything that happens we're going to spoil the last character we're going to spoil everything about this DLC so this is your warning if you don't want to be spoiled come back after
1: yeah um they made it feel like it was so secret for this last character, but it was so obvious who this last character was going to be. So realistically, I knew who it was going to be and I and I'll get into how I felt about that. Um but with the like with the cutscenes, I was hoping for something a little meatier because it was the second wave of the DLC and with Breath of the Wild the second wave of the DLC, we definitely got some meaty content in it and it was very satisfying. I don't know if I felt that with this, so I didn't have high expectations going in. I feel like I was realistically, uh, like my my uh, expectations were met realistically, and I'm somewhat disappointed. But I have positive thoughts, so that's kind of how I'm feeling at the moment.
0: Okay, well, let me let me lay out my expectations for what was going to happen, and perhaps explain to everybody why i'm going to be negative on this show today because i generally try not to be negative on this show but i'm gonna be today so i i think that my expectations were first of all and this is maybe this is on me this is probably certainly on me but when way when the dlc was announced way back when um what we were shown was that little splash card that you mentioned and on that splash card that said wave 2 available november 2021 it said, new character vignettes, new added stages, expanded roster, and new battle skills for existing characters. Great. So, in my mind, I'm like, new vignettes, that's probably a, a story continuation of some sorts. And in my mind, I had a best case, a realistic case, and a worst case scenario. My best case scenario was that these new vignettes would be some sort of story continuation or happenings that would tie this game to Breath of the Wild 2 and make it somewhat relevant to Breath of the Wild 2. At this point, I didn't think that was realistic, but I was like, that would be the absolute best case scenario if something happened in these new cutscenes that affected or at least informed in some way the world or the story... Of Breath of the Wild 2. That clearly didn't happen. My realistic case was like. Okay. We are going to get some character vignettes. And explain a little bit about the existing world. Of Age of Calamity. And I was I was like. You know what? It's probably going to focus on Aster. And nobody likes Aster. But maybe they can make this guy a little bit better. With these character vignettes. Because we've seen everything else. We, you know. I was like. Aster is the one kind of mystery here. From the first trailer that we got, when there was like eight Asters in a circle chanting and and doing their thing, I was pretty sure that was the direction that they were going to go. And I was like, you know what? At least it will give this woefully underdeveloped character a little bit more development. It's not perfect, but okay. that's, That's acceptable to me. And we didn't get that either. Instead, what we got was what I would call the absolute worst-case scenario, and that was vignettes that existed for the purpose of existing. And <laughs> I, I just, like, I saw these vignettes, and I can't, I can't do it anymore. I cannot do these Breath of the Wild-style vignettes anymore because they mean nothing. The memories that you get, even, even the memories that you get in the second batch of DLC for Breath of the Wild... They don't mean anything. They're just little snippets showing the, the champions doing everyday stuff that doesn't inform the overall plot. It gives you the slightest little bit of, of characterization from them, but you don't really know who they are. You don't really know what makes them tick. It doesn't move the plot forward. It doesn't do anything. I I can't I can't do it anymore. It's like you get you get vignettes in Age of Calamity, Guardian of Remembrance, and it shows Reju and Urbosa talking and they're just like, you did great, no, you did great, no, you did great, and it's the same thing with Daruk and Yonobo. it's the same thing with Mifa and with Sidon, it's the same, it's the same thing, and it means nothing, it means nothing, there's, there's nothing added to the story of Age of Calamity with these vignettes, not anything, and that, that was the main selling point of this DLC, was these extra added vignettes, but like, they don't mean anything
1: yeah um i'm sure like uh we'll go one by one and uh get a little bit more into detail but i definitely at least with the main four champions and new champions with those specific cutscenes, uh vignettes i was very thoroughly disappointed and you know I you, I'm like a diehard like positive person when it comes to Zelda, Nintendo and that kind of stuff. I like to think more positively. I hate being super negative about stuff. But, you know, when when you're like expecting something, when you're uh when Nintendo kind of like walks you in a certain direction of what you think is going to happen and then they kind of don't deliver, which they've done over and over again with Age of Calamity. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of things I like about Age of Calamity, but as like as you like to say Andy, both things can be true. You could still be disappointed in some of the stuff that you get, but still overall enjoy some of the content. And for these new vignettes, I was very disappointed. I didn't think they were really worth it. I didn't even think they were really necessary to add. It right. just didn't it just wasn't a lot more substance that I would want in a DLC. Now, I actually like the vignettes from the DLC in Breath of the Wild because it, this is before Age of Calamity where they kind of showed how Zelda her her quest to get the champions involved and also kind of humanized the champions a little bit by giving them a little bit of day-to-day stuff that they do. I like that. I wanted more substance like that. It's just that what we got was very forced, in my opinion, which is super unfortunate, because I know, after talking to Patricia last year, I know that they don't act together, they just kind of act separately, based on information that they're given, so the delivery was fine individually, but together, it felt very forced, Um, it was super corny for no reason, it was pat each other on the back, and, and move on, it wasn't, it's like, this was the last bit of content we were supposed to get for this game, and it was lackluster at best. Like it, it was just was whimper. Yeah, it, it ended wasn't. With a whimper. It didn't deliver, and that's so sad because I really wanted it to. And I love all these voice actors so much, and I know that they, you know, when they went into this, they they did their job right, like they were supposed to. But it just didn't come together in the end with what they put together, and that sucks.
0: Well, well, listen, it's it's not the voice actors' fault. No, uh, not performances- at all. The performances were fine. It's not the performances that are the issue. It's the content that's the issue. That they had to perform. Yeah, like, this was the exact same stuff reheated in the microwave for 35 seconds from what we got from uh, the Champion's Ballad. And, and like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I I think the fact that we already had Age of Calamity and they told us that this is going to be the story... Of a hundred years before Breath of the Wild. That wasn't true. And then they said. Okay well there's going to be these these new character vignettes. And, and you know what? Technically that was true. There were vignettes for every character. But they, they just. They meant nothing. They meant less than nothing. It, it's stuff that we. have Like we saw this in the game. We already saw this in the base Age of Calamity game. Where all the, the champions of old are padding the champions of new on the back. And they're all being friends. And they're all being chummy. There's nothing yeah. new there. There's yeah, nothing. you're
1: right. After and, and the like...
0: missions themselves were nothing. Like they they weren't important. They weren't. They like I mean one of them it's just like let's go random some rescue Rito kid in the lost woods. Like it 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 was nothing. It meant nothing, and it came off as like a total waste of time to me. I, and like I was just getting more and more flustered as I was playing it. The first mission with Terrico, yeah that was that one that seemed like it sense. was going somewhere, and that yeah. one was kind of a cool vignette. But then it didn't go anywhere. It didn't go anywhere. So yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, you, at know, at you least... wanted
0: you wanted to talk about the vignettes. I don't even, I don't even want to talk about them because there's nothing to talk about. Like there is <laughs> there is one vignette I think that we can talk about, and unfortunately it was executed poorly.
1: Um, I mean, what I'll talk about is so yeah. For the champions and the new champions, the vignettes were disappointing. Um, the I wouldn't say they were. They were disappointing, but it was more like they were half-assed, the two with Aster and with Suga, which obviously is our final, uh, you know, playable character. So, again, this was spoilers. So, they gave somewhat background information on both of those characters, but it was very, very half-assed. Like, Suga, he's this, you know, starving Uh, kid. We'll talk about
0: Suga in, in a minute here.
1: Oh, okay, well... I have some
0: thoughts <laughs> about this guy.
1: I I basically, during that vignette, I was like, man, this guy has no chill. But you get to Aster, too, and they have, like... I, I don't know, I just wrote down, is this some kind of cult? Uh, like, Ganon-falling cult that's separate from the Yiga clan? They, like, worship the dude, and then, you know, Dark Terrico, whatever you want to call him, the Harbinger of Ganon, whatever the heck. Um... He's showing them the future of the Calamity, and they're, like, all in awe. But then he absorbs all their energy except for Aster, which I don't know why Aster thinks that he would survive until the end if Harbinger Gannon, or whatever the heck its name is... Har- Harbinger Ganon. Yeah, yeah, is sucking everybody's energy, including the Yiga Clan, which we knew from the original Age of Calamity story. I don't know how he thought he was going to survive until the end, but that's that was clearly, you know, Harbinger's, you know like his whew, I'm having a hard time thinking where it got sick brain but like that was his goal and so and then that's it that's all we knew like that there was nothing else I I was so disappointed in that because I was like oh cool here's something that's going on with Aster we're gonna get some information there was no information no it was a half-assed attempt to give him somewhat of a backstory and it and it wasn't even somewhat it was very minuscule
0: you could... Allison's fever is rising as we speak. Woo! Just talking about Aster. Aster That's always how, gets heated. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so let me let me back up. Let's talk about Harbinger. And then we're going to talk about Aster. So, just so I have this right. Um, Terrico, the mini-Guardian, is from the Breath of the Wild timeline. And Harbinger Ganon is actually from the Age of Calamity timeline. Harbinger yeah. Ganon is created when some malice from the Breath of the Wild timeline follows Terrico through this time portal to the Age of Calamity timeline, and this malice just infects Terrico in the Age of Calamity timeline. I have some questions. What is this malice? It just came from a random guardian. I feel like nobody cares about this but me. How is this stuff able to overtake guardians, overtake Terrico, overtake (laughs) divine beasts? How is this possible? I've been ranting... I've been raving about this
1: for five for years, five years.
0: <laughs> and no, nobody cares but me. But like, it's like, what is this stuff? How, it's, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. The, the, it obviously doesn't matter because the game is not interested in answering those questions or even asking those questions. And I thought that maybe this DLC might, might give us an explanation as to how that is. And, and maybe Breath of the Wild 2 might explain to us what exactly Malice is and How it's able to corrupt everything it touches, but I, I I doubt it at this point. I truly doubt it anyways. Yeah. So Harbinger Ganon is born and he can see the alternate timeline, I guess, of Breath of the Wild. And he is showing a bunch of people that are dressed up in cloaks. They're doing some kind of ritual and uh, Harbinger starts to kill every one of them. He sucks up their energy like a Metroid, except for (laughs) one guy left. Aster this guy Aster is even more of a bum than we thought because from the very minute that he is introduced now from the in the Age of Calamity story he is just a puppet of Harbinger Ganon so they made him even less cool than he already was going into this DLC by making him instead of like some kind of evil prophet that was getting manipulated and played they made him just some Joe Schmo, out of a group of eight dudes with cloaks who happened to stay alive and was dumb enough. he was dumb enough to stick by Harbinger Gannon after he already witnessed Harbinger Gannon suck up everyone else's life energy like a Metroid. Yeah. And then, and then All said, he's surprised at the end of age of Calamity when Harbinger Gannon betrays him. Come on! Yep. This guy was such a bum that it's it, if this isn't the worst villain in the Zelda series i i don't know what is who is
1: uh yeah i mean i couldn't say either aster is awful they didn't they didn't give him anything with this and i thought they would um yeah it's just a disappointment and that sucks because you know usually zelda villains are really good and really involved in over the years have gotten more and more character because you know it's really good to the story but this sto- the H- age of calamity is just half-assed it's so half-assed the story and and it sucks because i really wanted to like it a year ago this i wouldn't be talking like this a year ago but after this it just it's very disappointing
0: i and really i, I want to make i want to make one thing clear actually i still really like Age of Calamity. I like the game. I even like the original story that it told. We said a year ago that, like, it wasn't the story we wanted. And, ideally, we wanted it to tie into Breath of the Wild. I think that was everybody's expectation. But, ultimately, it doesn't do that. Ultimately, it doesn't tie into Breath of the Wild too. It's just its own thing on its island. And I think that that's fine. But, I just, like, I feel like these vignettes just reached a boiling point with me. Where it's like, I, I, can't, I can't do this anymore. Like, this these mean nothing and the missions like i said they mean nothing like it's it's the missions aren't even important to the plot of age of calamity they mean nothing i like, mean truly. i
1: first first of all i don't understand how these are quote unquote forgotten um i can understand like like we were saying the the original terrico quest and probably the end terrico quest i get those i like the the Koga quest because it kinda it kinda fills a blank there about like what exactly happened in Koga's escape right. and why. That, that's died. the
0: one mission, I think. Yeah. And we'll talk about that we, after.
1: We knew that was happening, but we we got to see it this time. The rest, I don't understand how those are forgotten battles, quote unquote, because literally all the characters were in those battles. Like how do you forget those?
0: Right. That, right. Now what they could have done, and this would have been actually cool. And it wouldn't, it would have required zero gameplay change or whatever. But why didn't, why didn't you just show, if it was truly forgotten memories, show the champions in the original games, like, or in the original timeline, I mean, in the Breath of the Wild timeline. You know what? Show us Urbosa fighting on the Divine Beast and, and her succumbing to, to Thunderblight. Show us Revali. Show us, like, show us the original champions and maybe how they fell. It would have required no gameplay change you could have had them in i don't know just like in a in a plausible manner showing people memories that they wouldn't have remembered cuz like you're right like Teba and Rivaldi were both in the woods how is it a forgotten memory yeah now if it was Rivaldi from Breath of the Wild's timeline then that could have been cool and they could have they could have corrected something that i feel like has always been missing from Breath of the Wild and that's kind of showing the champion's last stand and obviously they didn't do that
1: yeah, so, I yeah. mean, I'm I'm totally cool with having the bonus uh, quests and having them be about the guard or the the champions. But the the way they suggested it is that it was the guardian who saw these battles, therefore had the information on them, and the champions couldn't give the information on them. I, that just didn't make any sense to me. None of that did, and I find it hard to believe that the, that Terica was there during Koga's escape either. So I don't know right. the way they worked that. It's just like I said. Half-assed is my word for this episode. Like it just felt so. Like they were like, "Here's an idea. We're only gonna put half effort into it, though."
0: It's you know what my word is. Meaningless. It was. It was meaningless. There was no meaning behind any of the champions' missions. Not not one. Uh, it didn't. It didn't affect anything. It didn't matter that it happened. It wouldn't matter if it didn't happen. Nothing was changed. So like there was no me. There was no purpose for it to exist. And um, that's unfortunate. There there was at least... There was purpose to this Master Koga mission. So let's talk about that. This one at least had a blank spot that we we didn't know. And and we, we heard about, but we didn't know it. So essentially this mission involves Master Koga and the rest of the Yiga clan escaping from the Calamity after they've been betrayed. Now Age of Calamity inferred that Suga sacrificed himself to, you know, to get Aster and his crew away from Master Koga. Or maybe it just said that Master, that Aster killed Suga. I'm not really sure. I can't remember. That was very ambiguous and not told very well, if we're being honest. But in this DLC, at the, while I will say the positive is that at least this mission had purpose, Um, its, it's narrative is extremely confusing. So first of all, Suga's your last final playable character, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But if you complete the mission and you don't let any Yiga members die, you eventually start to fight as Suga at the end of the mission. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, Allison, but even once you do that, you're still treated to the same cutscene at the end where Suga's like, go and sacrifice uh, yes. myself so that you can get away, Master Master Koga. But then he's a playable character, so it's like, okay, well, is he dead or is he not dead?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now
1: Yeah. It was a little confusing. Um That's problem
0: one. That's problem yeah. one. Let me get problem two out of here, and then I'll turn it over to you. Sure. It's problem problem two is that the characterization for Suga and for Master Koga are all over the map. Like like all over the map. So they're trying to retroactively make Master Koga into like a pretty good guy who looks after Suga when he's a kid and, you know, maybe is just a bit misunderstood. But in Breath of the Wild, he's the 100% villain in Age of Calamity for almost the entire game. He's a 100% villain. Suga, the exact same thing. It's like, okay, well, are, are these like good guys? Are they bad guys? Are they in between? Uh, maybe some people will like that presentation of them being tweeners. I, I didn't necessarily care for it. Um, so that was problem number two for me. Problem number three was the mission itself wasn't very fun, but I'm I'm not concerned about <laughs> that. I don't really like playing as Master Koga.
1: Um I I first want to say that the objectives, the memory objectives, were not that great either. Um, mostly because like I liked some of them because they made sense for the missions and that kind of thing. But my issue, and maybe I'm just dumb, but my issue is that they you have to look at that screen to know what they are they don't pop up and say hey here's your memory mission your objective like it wasn't on the side with the rest of the objectives which i think is i i think because the reason is because they want you to do these levels a couple times and i'm like no i really rather not i want to get it done oh in my we'll, first we'll, get, to yeah,
0: we'll anyways, get
1: to that yeah anyways the reason i bring that up is because one of the objectives for that mission is to not let your Yiga guys die or flee. I didn't know that. I didn't even know that the first time around because it was still question marks by the time I got to the end. So I finally figured out that you're not supposed to let them flee and that's how um I unlocked Suga, right? Well, the first time I didn't unlock him so that cutscene made sense and I was like, "Dang, how do you even unlock this guy?" And then I later came back and realized you had to save the Yiga, the Yiga foot soldiers and then you unlock Suga. So for one thing, the communication with these uh, objectives just sucks. But, you know, in the end, that unlocking Suga that way, it made sense. Um, I did like this quest because it filled that blank, like you said. It, it was very heavily implied that Suga died to protect Koga in the original story. So I appreciated this level overall. I didn't care for that mystery objective thing or how the objectives work. Um... And then, yeah, you got Suga, and you were like, oh, okay, well, we kind of knew, but we were kind of hoping that it wasn't going to be Suga.
0: Yeah. 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 uh, uh, At least this mission had some semblance of meaning, so I will say that. (laughs) And Um, then
1: again, his backstory is also (laughs) half-assed. Suga's backstory. Just no chill.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just like... I, you know, I can accept that that Suga backstory with Master Koga, even though Master Koga is clearly the same age, like, however many years ago as he is now. Um, I, I can accept that. I think that that's fine. Um, God, like, I, I I really I really don't like being Negative Nancy on the show here, but I just, I feel like everything about this wasn't hitting for me. Um, and that continued on to... So the first mission with Teriko, I feel like we were kind of off to a good start because, like, at least we were fighting Harbinger and you were i don't know i was expecting maybe something to happen and throughout playing this i was getting progressively more and more frustrated and then when i got to the last mission i was like okay well maybe something of significance will happen here because you're you're fighting as as terrico again and i really i i think that this was just another pointless mission like you fight mutated ganon and that that's kind of that there there's nothing else there's nothing like unlocked for Terrico there's nothing uh, there's nothing it was just like fighting mutated ganon and it was like okay well there we go i guess that's the dlc
1: yeah um or at least like the first portion of it um but i agree like you it kind of it kind of came full circle where you started off as terrico fighting uh the harbinger and then you ended as terrico for this first portion fighting the mutated Ganon. And I understand what they wanted from him. But like it took me a minute to understand that. And I think I don't think you should have to do that. Is basically Terrico was remembering his portion of the war. And the effort that he put in. Because it, I remember in the original story. He was always kind of upset that Link got the glory. He's like no I was going to save Zelda there. And you took it away from me you jerk. You know that kind of thing. So it was kind of showing Terico, how much he cares for Zelda, and how, what he was willing to go through to do that, but that's like a huge stretch with what they gave us. So
0: I, I didn't infer that at all. Actually. Oh, I
1: yeah, because I, I, we'll talk about it too. Is the secret ending? She says something to him, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, okay, this is all about Terrico saving her. So um, yeah, it kind of I understand that it came full circle with that final mission, um, but yeah, it wasn't like exceedingly like spectacular in any way kind of like the last mission was in the original story of age of calamity um i did think that mutated ganon was a cool new twist on the whole calamity ganon fight sequence but really was it necessary Mm. no like i liked the fight but i was just like because everything else was so lackluster i was just kind of like eh, it's all right
0: okay i i was gonna talk about it later but let's talk about it now I actually didn't really care for the mutated Ganon fight at all because it re- it, it reminded me of, like, a step backwards, actually. It reminded me of, um, like, the original Calamity Ganon fight from Breath of the Wild, where it was, like, this weird, mechanical, clunky monster that didn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, well, maybe that maybe we could have had this monster teleport to the world of Breath of the Wild or something, or, like, anything to tie these games together. But, uh, but yeah, the, the the fight, I thought, was kind of awkward it was kind of weird i like the harbinger ganon fight but i don't think that was new um no yeah th- th- i mean the fight was okay i i think that it was like you didn't really get anything for destroying mutated ganon's uh arms i don't believe other than a reprise from the arms attacking you for a little bit but yeah the the fight i thought was like just okay and as far as i can tell that was the only new enemy added to this dlc wave right I can't think of another one.
1: Um. Yeah. The only new enemy I would feel. N- well, no, not entirely. Like there was enemies doing something s- different things. For example, a lot of the moblins and stuff were using all sorts of weapons. They were using Lionel weapons. They were using a- ancient weapons. They had the flying Octorok ones. So they kind of did a couple things with the enemies that were slightly new. But other than that, not really.
0: Yeah. Because I remember. In Wave 1, you had, like, the, the new Moblins with, like, the, uh, the barrels and stuff like that. You yeah. had the Chews. You had... It seemed like you had, a, a you know, a bigger selection of new enemies. Whereas in this one, you had, like, a, an enemy. But really, it was just like a boss fight. And you fought him, I guess, twice if you did all of the different missions. So it felt like there wasn't a whole lot new stuff added. So, yeah, that was a little bit... Eh, yeah to me. So I was a little bit eh, on mutated Ganon. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, just to wrap up the story here and then we'll talk about the characters and, and some of the other stuff. The, I, I was, I was so underwhelmed by the story. I shouldn't even say the story. Cause there was no story. It was just it, true to their word. Nintendo didn't lie. It was vignettes. And maybe that's on me for assuming that vignettes might be a part of something or might lead to something or, at least factor into what we already know existed, but they, they didn't, they were just there to be there. I felt like they had no purpose. They had no meaning. The levels behind them were very uninspired. It was, it, it was every level that you've already done a million times in age of calamity. Um, it just happened to have a vignette that didn't mean anything before and after. So I thought that it was like just a huge miss, uh, a huge miss.
1: yeah Yeah, as far as the vignettes go i agree they just they felt so forced and so corny like i don't know something something about them just didn't feel genuine and it sucks because like like we were saying it's the content it's like (laughs) it's listen i'm a i'm a prequel star wars fan as much as the next millennial but that writing was garbage and that's kind of how i feel like the content wasn't up to par, even though I still enjoy the characters and the actors and all that kind of stuff. So the writing was bad, but everybody else did a good job, at least with their portions. So that's the positivity. I'll give that. It's kind of.
0: Sure. I guess. (laughs) Uh, Listen, I'm going to have some positivity here as well. And before we talk about characters, I do want to talk about one feature that actually I I did like. I liked that uh, this this DLC gave everybody final weapons. I did oh, like yeah. that. Um, I thought that was cool. However, however, Asterix, To get these final weapons, you had to have at least two. Most of them one, or most of them two. Some of them one, but at least two vicious monsters. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I basically went and got vicious monsters as needed before. I didn't go and fight them for fun. So you had to. You had to go and fight. At least, probably, I don't know, 15, 20 vicious monster fights. Yep. And it was just like, oh my God. Like, uh, again, I have to go fight the same moblins again. And, like, you know, the fights take absolutely forever. As you would expect, they're vicious monsters. So that was a slog to do. But I did like the idea of having final weapons. But, you know, again, for every positive, it seemed like there was just like a negative as well
1: i i agree that i like the weapons but i don't think that they would put in in the at the right time they should have been put in at the first wave of the dlc because by the time i unlocked all of them i was done with the game like i'm not playing the game Yeah, anymore. pretty much so yeah. what was the point
0: yeah yeah that's a, that's a great point, point actually um okay same with, with the new... move
1: sets i should say sorry to interrupt you but same with the extra moves per character I didn't spend time going through every character to see what the extra moves were. I just saw the ones of the characters I made. And they should have done that in the first DLC because otherwise, at that point of unlocking all of them, I'm done with the game. Like, I'm literally not playing anymore.
0: Yeah, I agree with that as well. I I mean, like, listen, I'm sure that there are some really good Hyrule Warriors, (laughs) Age of Calamity players out there that can take advantage of those moves. But, like, I, I mean, like, come on. Like, it's like the combo for, like, Impa or something like that is now your your third X, if you press it twice, is, like, your special move. So, like, it's like, now I got to press Y, Y, X, X, double X now. It's like, nobody remembers that, right? Like, I don't remember that. <laughs> like, make, I, I would have just liked, like, a, a simpler button move or something. Like, you can press, I don't know. It's, it's an extra special gauge. Maybe when all three of your gauges fill up, you can unleash, like, a massive Mama Jama attack or something rather than, like... You know, the weird... Because they were weird. Like, And everybody, everybody's was different. So yeah. maybe that's supposed to be your incentive to master the characters a little bit more. It probably is. But I... Yeah, by that point, it's like, okay, well, I have like three missions left. I don't care about learning Master Koga's secret technique here. I'm just going to use Link, right? Yeah. So, let's talk about these new characters. Uh, first of all, let's talk about Robbie and Pura. I thought they were okay. Um, they kind of... They kind of felt like a mix of Terrico and like any other human fighter to me. Their movement and stuff like that, but the the arms or whatever that Robbie's got on the back kind of feel just like Terrico's moveset, Basically, I thought that their um, RZ move of calling the divine beast was pretty cool. I thought that that was uh, unique. Um, however, I thought that it was a little bit lame that you actually you're you're basically just playing as Robbie. You're not playing as Pura at all. Like she might mm-hmm. as well not be there. And in fact. Uh, it would be better if she wasn't there because all she does is yell like "click snap" over and over again every six <laughs> seconds. "Click snap." <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, this is the absolute most annoying thing in this game by far." But I thought that uh, yeah, they played okay. What did you think?
1: Um, I I agree. I liked their character like moves enough. Um, I do have on my notes that they're both very annoying. <laughs> Um, like they're, they're, they have a certain charm to them that's lovable, but when you're fighting as them and you're hearing the same lines over and over and over again, like click snap, it does get really obnoxious because they're just like the, they're just loud, crazy characters, eccentric characters. Um, I never in my life thought I was going to hear Kate Higgins in a Zelda game, but I was. And that, the, just a lot of my childhood is with Kate Higgins voice acting anime and stuff. So it was really weird to see her or hear her saying Zelda lingo and then click snap a million times. So that was odd. But Ugh. I mean, I kind of like, I like that voice actress. It was just kind of annoying. And then there were parts with Robbie that I thought were really funny. Um, for example, when he accidentally gets uh, into one of the defiant beast attacks, he like falls over and he's dying. Um, but <laughs> he'll jump up and, like, in his rock star sing, be like, I'm alive! And it's, like, it's super funny. Like, I, I like those bits. And I did think that the mimicking the Divine Beast attacks were, or somewhat attacks were pretty cool. I thought that Naboris and Rudania were the most exciting because they had a more of a range, whereas uh the other two was more, like, of a line. So I liked getting those um and other than that like i agree it was kind of like using terrico and um and just like you just kind of had these arms i was like "Who this could have been the beginning of cherry or something when they were working on making cherry or whatever but again you don't get that much information on what's going on what they're up to aside the testing this these mechanical arms
0: Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah they were okay um Let's talk first of all, I, I feel like we can't talk about Suga without talking about the fact that Suga is a playable character at all. So what do you want to lead with here, Al? The positive or the the reception to Suga being playable at all? Because I actually let's... think that playing as Suga is okay.
1: Yeah, you know what? I agree. So let's start with the negative and go into the positive.
0: Alright. So the the negative is the fact that this guy was not a playable character because I think that you can have Suga as a playable character and that would have been fine but timing and placement is everything now if Suga would have been the playable character in wave one of the DLC that would have went down probably fine if he would have been announced as a playable character in wave two and then you know there was another secret character that would have also probably went down fine. However, the fact of the matter is this, is that Nintendo was just like, there's this playable character and we can't tell you who it is. It's a big secret. It's going to be so important to the plot. We just, we can't risk giving it away. And dude, Mr. Magoo could see that Suga was going to be the last playable character. (laughs) There was, there was no way that this guy wasn't going to be playable we we discovered that from a data mine before the game even came out, like like in last October. So we all knew that Suga was going to be a playable character, and it's one of those things where it's like, this guy, they, they can't just leave it as Suga, right? Like, there has to be something else. There has to be something a little bit more exciting. You know what? You go back to Wave 1. Maybe not the best playable character, but at least the battle test of Guardian was different. He was unexpected. It was something unique there is there's is nothing about that with Suga which you know we we already have in a game that has a lot of redundancy with playable characters um you know Rivali and Taba don't really have that much I I think that there's not a whole lot between them um I know you'd probably disagree but like Koga and Suga already felt to me like they would probably have similar move sets and they kind of do but they kind of don't but I was like they they can't just end on Suga but they did And they made it seem like it was this really big secret, this really big deal. And it was, you know, it was just Suga. And the fact that it didn't really make sense storyline-wise didn't help. Um, The fact that the DLC before this had already been rather lackluster didn't really help. The fact that you have to replay, like, the same mission to your point earlier because they don't tell you what you need to do to unlock Suga didn't really help. So by the time that you get Suga, you're just like... This is it. This is my guy. Uh, there And there was, like, I think even Aster would have been a better option for <laughs> to, for the last playable character, which is crazy. But, like, I think that that would have been better. I think Harbinger Ganon would have been better, um, which which is funny because, I mean, he literally is Terrico, and I'm just talking about redundancy in movesets, but I feel, I, I just, I feel like Suga was just, like, so, I don't know, it's just, like, Everybody knew it was coming. Nobody was excited. You know what this was, Al? This was the Byleth of Age of Calamity.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, Yeah, that's fair. I, uh, yeah, I was kind of disappointed. The only reason I'm disappointed that it's Suga, because, and we'll get into this, I like Suga as a playable character, is just like you said. It was the final um, unrevealed, quote-unquote, playable character, because technically if you did the mission right, Pyrrha and Robbie would be the final character, but we already knew that they were going to be a playable character. This was the final unrevealed surprise playable character, but we knew it going in because it just seemed so obvious that it would either be Suga, Aster, and that's it. Um, And so, the only reason that it's so disappointing is because you're like, oh, yeah, it's Suga. Like I could have guessed that 15 years ago before this game was even a thought. So that's the only reason for me that it was just like meh like there was like like you said it's like when you get a bad smash character from the from smash bros so that was my only gripe with that i i i have actually a lot of positive things to say about suga
0: yeah yeah um yeah i feel like i'm I'm being too negative on this show so i apologize again so yeah let's let's flip (laughs) the dial here (laughs) I thought that Suga actually played pretty good. You yeah. know, once you get once you get past the fact that it's Suga, <laughs> um, he plays pretty cool. He he is definitely different than Master Koga, but it kind of maintains some of that. Um, he's there are some elements I think of Link in Suga, which is probably why I liked him. He uh, he has some really cool looking uh, weak smashes where like he kind of jumps slow motion and then it slows down. Oh and yeah, like, yeah, that looks really cool. I think that his um, I don't know what you call them. Like a smashes look pretty good. Where like the screen goes black and white, and uh, he just like throws his throwing star or whatever. Um, he has that cool counter move, which I, I don't believe that anyone else has a counter in the game. Uh, so that is also pretty cool. Um, yeah, he, he plays he plays pretty. You know, he plays pretty good for uh, you know for what it is.
1: Yeah. For what it is, you know, I actually, I have on my notes, Suga's moves are dope. (laughs) Um, I did have a little funny correlation um, where some of his moves remind me of Fruit Ninja, like that that mobile game Fruit Ninja, but overall like he has some really ba moves so like you were saying his a special attack where everything turns black and white he's got a very good voice actor too i didn't look up who it was but i wanted to but he's got a very good voice actor for a big intimidating intimidating second in command kind of guy so uh, his voice during those like slight uh special attacks were really good when the black and white happens it was super awesome i liked that Um, and then his slow-mo attack is also super cool where he's flying in the air throwing the the ninja stars or whatever the heck they are Mm -hmm. and he's got like these power balls coming up and attacks everybody those are awesome that counter-attack though is the best. That is so cool. Like, for example, you're fighting a Lionel, and you know how they got those big attacks coming. And usually when I'm, like, any other character, I'm dodging, trying to get the flurry rush. With Suga, I could just counter. And then they're instantly got, for, like, a tiny second, they have that weak smash uh counter over them. And you could start wailing on them. That counter is awesome. So... That was super cool, and I used that a heck of a lot because I was trying to get used to the timing. It's hard to get used to the timing in Age of Calamity, in my opinion, as compared to Breath of the Wild. So I was having fun getting used to that timing in his missions, and um, I want to level him up a lot. And because I haven't 100 of the game yet, I've got all the, I got all the memory stuff done, but I had to do all those vicious enemies still. So I'm gonna probably level up Suga a lot and knock those out because i feel like with that counter it would be a lot faster
0: yeah um so yeah he he was pretty good um i thought that uh it's hard to separate i feel like the the playable character though and like the the build-up and and reaction and realization of the fact that it is suga so i i think that that will always be a factor for me but in a bubble I think that Sugi does play well. Uh, he's voiced by Gerald C. Rivers. Thank by the you. Way. So yeah, his voice actor
1: job. is awesome. Like he's got a he's got an awesome voice.
0: Um, okay, so let's talk about uh let's talk about the new stages really quick. Uh, I don't really actually have much to add on the new stages. Uh, as far as I could tell, it was only the Coliseum and Kakariko Village that were new. Uh
1: um, Road was also new.
0: Oh Lanieru Road, yeah, thank you. Um yeah, uh, I I feel like uh, they were they were kind of me, yeah. Kakariko I guess was was kind of neat, but it was it felt like very enclosed to me, yeah. And not necessarily in a good way, like Hyrule Castle does. Mm-hmm. Um, Coliseum was was cool, but that that was kind of like the opposite problem, where it just kind of felt like uh, this is gonna sound dumb, but like an arena, and obviously that's what it is, but like there was there was nothing like to it, right? It was just like empty space where you can fight, which is kind of cool but I guess what I'm saying is that could have been anywhere um I don't know if that makes sense or not but yeah the, the Coliseum was okay um and then I I didn't even remember the last one so obviously it didn't leave that much of an impression on me <laughs> uh, you've been talking about Mount Lanayru for a long time and I feel like a little bit disappointed that that one never made the cut I think that was such an iconic uh landscape that never you know we never got to see uh, I think that like they missed the boat on having maybe some of like the um uh, not on What's the what's the tropical area called? Al?
1: That's on, Yeah.
0: Okay. Some of the, some of like the tropical area, like um beaches and like all that kind of stuff. Uh, I I think that they could have added that, but I don't know. I was I was pretty like yeah on the new stages. I thought that they were they weren't awful. They weren't great. They were just kind of there.
1: I um I think what I really appreciated about the new stages is the scenery because they. You know, one for one shot of these spaces, and I think that's really cool. So you got the Colosseum, you got that like tree stump out in the lake. I can't remember what it's called, but that part was kind of cool. Um, FYI, that's where you find a hydromelon <laughs> for one of the stupid memory objectives. And um, <laughs> um, when you're in the Lannero like on Lannero Road, I actually really liked that uh, because. It was kind of like Great Plateau in a way where you got to see what it looked like before everything went to hell in a basket. And it looked like, you know, crumbling ruins. So you got to go behind the waterfall for a little bit, which was cool, where the shrine normally is. I can't remember if the shrine was there or not. I don't think it was. Um, But you got to go, like, over all these, like, staircases and ramps to both sides of the river, which is – it was actually really awesome because – now that I've seen what it looks like beforehand, I could see that in Breath of the Wild how that it was like that before. So I thought that was actually pretty cool in like what they did with the Great Plateau. Um, and then Kakariko Village was beautiful, basically. Like it just it had all the scenery that you wanted. It was very tight space, especially for one of the uh, memory objectives, which was to not let monsters get into the your your camps basically which was super hard because it was so small so i kind of was frustrated with that but it it expanded over a huge portion of kakariko it had the fairy fountain it had the graveyard it had both entrances of the village um it had up where that shrine is um so like i think they as far as the effort that they put into the new locations i thought they were perfect um, so I actually really appreciated those things. Those are one of my positive thoughts about, uh, the DLC.
0: Okay. Um, that's fair. I think, uh, you know, one of the things I think, and we've touched on it before, but let's just mention it now. Um, that that's holding me back again from saying that these stages were like awesome it, and it's probably not the stages fault, but like, so I went and I a hundred percented this game. I did all the memory quests. I did all of that. And like that, that in itself was like such a slog. So like having to go back and like, it's like oh my god, I go back, I gotta go back to Kakariko again, which is tight and confusing, and I gotta stop these monsters from coming in. Um, I gotta, I gotta find raspberries for some reason. And I gotta find four of them, and like they're all over the place. Um, that was kind of a, a swing and a miss to me. I although I like the idea of the stages having objectives to them, but for the most part the objectives were like trivial and they didn't seem like they should matter like the yeah. raspberries or the hydromelons um, yeah. the objectives that did seem like they could matter that they should matter like when you have to uh destroy the bridge to or like block off the entrance so that the monsters stop coming in they're all like in question marks so you can't actually see it and to your point they don't pop up during the course of the mission like it would usually say like new objective do this or yeah. whatever right so like that was a little bit uh frustrating as well and then um i actually I, I think it's really only the kakariko one stopping the monsters from coming in that i was just like oh my god this sucks because yeah. of the stage yes um, so yeah it yeah, was, it was the... a slog to to get that secret ending which uh we can talk about the secret ending after this if you want but uh not worth it
1: <laughs> you don't think it was worth it that's kind of no. sad
0: no but uh, talk talk about the talk about these memory quests, and then we'll talk about the secret ending uh
1: the the memory quests you mean like just the objectives um yeah. i yeah i i like I said earlier, I didn't think that they were executed well. I liked the idea of them, I think they were cool, but you have to go into the menu to see what the heck they are. Um, because they don't show up on the side and maybe that's just them trying to challenge you or something. But I don't really feel like that's a challenge having to co- open your menu to look at the, what the heck these are. Um, I don't like that you have to uh, do certain things in the mission to unlock the mystery one. I don't think that's very fair because what if I never do that? If I never looked up how to unlock Suga, I never would have known that I was supposed to. Because I thought the gate was closed. I didn't know I was supposed to go right. back and save the foot soldier. Like, yes. there's, h- how am I supposed to know that? So, that was, I just found them frustrating because they weren't executed well. If they had been, I think, honestly, if they just popped up as a new objective, like, go back and save the foot soldier, I would have been fine with them. Because they were challenging. Some of them were substantial to the quest in question. So, they were fine. I just didn't think that they were put into the game well enough. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I had about those. And then, like, obviously, you were, like, you were thinking, if I fill this memory meter and unlock all the memory objectives, I was going to get something special at the end. I thought it was worth it, but we could talk about it.
0: Let's talk about it now. Like, I guess, without trying to sound, again, like, just negative Nancy Pants here, like, what, what did you like about that final memory? I'm curious.
1: It felt like a closer to the game. That's what I really liked about it. It felt very ending. Um, It kind of, um, without spoiling too much of what happened, like, you know, obviously... No, just to spoil
0: it all. It doesn't matter. Oh, (laughs) okay.
1: Terrico has some me- more, mem- like, little fragments of memories of all the Guardians and the new Guardians. Some of them were super cute, like, <laughs> like, hardcore volley over here taking care of uh, Taba's son. I thought that was adorable. Um, and, you know, Bo and Daruk eating together. See, like, if the, vin- the vignettes hadn't happened, I, w- I think this would have been, like, an awesome, like, A-plus ending. Just because it showed those little cute moments that... Are meaningful but the vignettes kind of make them lame because you're just like oh this is just more of the same but I thought they were cute I thought it was good for the ending overall of Age of Calamity like hey this is what happened kinda these are the characters that you got to see um, this is Terrico and Zelda's relationship at the end obviously Terrico Terrico cares about her very much and he went through this great ordeal to protect her and And that was it. And I thought it was super cute and sweet and very... It felt like closure.
0: Okay. I couldn't agree more with what you just said, actually, in certain regards. If the vignettes did not exist before all the Champions missions, this would have been fine. But this was literally exactly more of the same stuff. We just... Like, we had just got a scene of Daruk and Yenobo patting each other on the back, celebrating on top of Arudanya. And now we get another scene of them sitting down and they're eating rock together. And, like, Teba is laughing because Ravalis, you know, playing with a kid. And Mifa and Sidon are there. And and it's like, we just (laughs) saw this. We just saw this. Um, And, and like, so then they they show... uh, like a scene that I felt was trying to be reminiscent of the champion's ballad scene at the end where they all take a picture together. But now, Mm -hmm. so you've got all the champions and it's like, okay. So I was kind of waiting for like something, you know, maybe funny to happen there get that, get that great picture, like some kind of memento, but that doesn't happen. And then maybe I'm just not understanding what happens right here. So Zelda goes and she jumps off one of the towers and I'm like, okay we've seen her do this like all game and and to me it's like the relationship with tariko was never in question like they always had a good relationship it was it was evident that zelda cared for him and that tariko cared for zelda like what what is this adding like what what's the point point? and i like did am i missing anything here
1: i mean it wasn't it was i just felt like it was a little subtle nod to say like the point of this guardian of remembrance was to show how much terrico went through to to be able to have this moment with zelda that's my inference like it wasn't like heavily implied that that was what a, a thing but that's how i interpreted the entire story of the dlc mostly just from that first and last mission with terrico fighting the first harbinger and then the mutated ganon And just how much... And remembering some of the context from the original Age of Calamity where he wanted to save Zelda, but a lot of the time, like, he couldn't. So I just feel like it was, like, a little subtle nod to what he went through to kind of have that moment with her where they were jumping off the tower together and being able to see their future together, I guess. It was more like what I was inferring between the lines, really.
0: Well, I, well, I, I think... I think that it was bad storytelling. I I just, I do. I feel like it wasn't told well. And ultimately uh, you you can say this about the entirety of age of calamity. Actually. Like my question is what was the point? What was the point of this DLC? What was the point of this story? Uh, Because it exists on its own Island. It didn't, it didn't affect anything. It didn't, it didn't change anything. And I, and I think that that's, fine in and of itself and and I don't know maybe this DLC just like really hit a sour note because I was maybe maybe this is the the last nail in that coffin of like Age of Calamity really doesn't tie into anything it really doesn't like there's no there's no correlation to its existence for anything else it's just its own thing and I, I'm i just like I'm like what's the point what was the point of any of this like this DLC gave us nothing new it gave us nothing that you know, we, we didn't already know, or we didn't already see, I can appreciate that you're saying it maybe tried to tie into some, some feelings that Terrico might've had, but like, it just, I don't think it, it was told well, if that's what it was trying to do. And, uh, you know, it just makes me go like, what was the point of age of calamity at the, at the end of it all? I mean, I have a theory about that.
1: I, I, it's a very general theory, and of course, this is probably it. It's just my idea, but my theory is that it was something to hold us over for a year and a half while they're working on Breath of the Wild Two.
0: Like that's it. Yes, that's simple.
1: Like it, it really had no other purpose. It doesn't connect with anything. It was just them thinking, you know what, Breath of the Wild Two is going to take us a little longer because of stuff going on in the world. Let's tide them over with something Breath of the Wild related, but really they were kind of trolling us.
0: So <laughs> like, like uh, yeah, and I guess when I say what's the point, I mean in like the, the in-world sense, like the in-game world sense. Like I don't think the there point is one. Of this game? It's and, just and, its well, own bubble.
1: Not. And I was totally, you know what, like a year ago when we were being asked these questions, like, do you think it'll tie in? I was really hopeful that it wouldn't. And now that we've reached this point, I'm really glad that it is going to, at least as far as I know, from the content they've given us, I'm going to be really mad if (laughs) if they tie in this into the wider world of Breath of the Wild. But from what I can tell right now, this is it. This is the bubble. And I'm happy it's its own bubble because a lot of it wasn't up to snuff.
0: Yeah, you know what? I uh, I'm not sure. I I think that maybe at the end of the day, I was holding out hope that it would uh, that it would connect somehow, even if Terrico jumped in like uh, a time bubble or in or something, and it went 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 back to the regular timeline or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think that you know it's gonna be its own thing, and uh, I feel. I don't know. I just I feel like what was the point of this of this DLC in particular cuz like not like I said nothing nothing was added and I feel like the first DLC was like so much better like in, yeah, in, at least in my own mind it's like you got new you got a new playable character that was interesting you had new weapons that were interesting you had more enemies you had a skill tree which was very interesting you, and and that one also presented you with like different objectives but in a more fun way you I, like, I man, it it almost seems like they should have just switched these DLC releases because I think I would have been had happier it, or if just we'd just have had got the first won. one now, or or just have it be one, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that would have been great if they had it be one because then it would have been a really meaty with content as far as gameplay. You would have gotten like the weapons and the new um attacks in the same zone as all these other new objectives you had to do. You've gotten, what, th- at least three, if not four new characters, because I can't remember if the first wave had two or one. Um, and then that, with that said, Suga wouldn't have been as disappointing. If it was just one, I think it would have been a much meatier, much more filling DLC, whereas both kind of just seem to be lacking because they came, the timing and the marketing just wasn't there for this game at all. Except for when the original game came out a year ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I don't know. Because I, I felt pretty satisfied with the first batch of DLC. And maybe that's because I knew that there was more to come. But I don't know. Uh, but listen, I, I, I feel like I've been kind of Debbie Downer here. But if you enjoyed this DLC, then that is awesome. Um, there There is stuff to like here. No doubt about it. There is stuff to like. Suga was really fun. Um, Robbie and Pura are pretty fun. Uh, there is the final weapons, which is nice. Um and you know, mutate again and shows up too. So and we get to <laughs> dog even more on, on Asturd, so that's always a pleasure <laughs> as well. But uh Yeah, I I was I was left a little bit wanting. But again, if you liked this DLC, then that is awesome and I'm I'm happy for you. And uh I hope that I hope that I'm in the minority here and that I'm like, I'm the one me guy too. that's just kind of yelling at, at clouds, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I hope so, too. I hope it was a little bit m- more well-received by the community than by us. And like I said, I, I'm disappointed that I feel so negative about it. But, you know, there's times where you just feel your feels. If you have negative feelings, just let them out, you know?
0: Well, that's right. Well, Al, uh, I know that you're feeling sick. So I appreciate you uh, sticking it through this week's episode with me here. You did a great job.
1: Yeah, take, uh, thank that extra strength Tylenol.
0: <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Tylenol. Uh, well, we <laughs> want to remind everybody that next week we are doing Zelda-themed Would You Rather. So uh, fire away with those Would You Rather questions. Uh, they can be silly. They can be serious. They can be anything in between. Uh, do that on Facebook, on Discord, on Twitter, wherever you, uh, you choose to do so. We would love to have your questions. And uh, that'll do it for this age of calamity recap i'm not sure when we'll talk about age of calamity again if we ever will so uh (laughs) we hope we hope that we we weren't raining too hard on anybody's parade but uh like allison said sometimes you just gotta say what you feel um so you can say what you feel to us over on twitter over at uh spateri 316 over at allison aletha and you can make sure that you subscribe to us over on podbean and itunes and spotify and apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast you know the drill like and subscribe recommend us to that zelda fan in your life we'll see you back here next week for zelda would you rather until then everybody take care